relational vampires. The first week, P.S. talked about controlling people. Last week, Pastor Tony talked about critical people. And this week, we're going to be talking about needy people, all right? Needy people, right? So examples of a needy person could be someone who plays like the victim, you know, maybe someone who had like a high school sports injury, and they always bring it up, like every time, like if you're doing anything, you're like, man, if it wasn't for that, for that ACL injury, I would have been in the league right now, you know what I mean? Like they always bring something up from the past as a reason why they're not doing something right now. Could be someone that's just negative all the time, you know, could be a critical person, like Pastor Tony was talking about. It could be a relative, right? Sometimes the relatives are super needy, right? They always come to us. They want money, right? They're like, hey, let me get, let me get a few dollars. Then you give them a few dollars. Then they come back the next week, like, yo, let me get, let me get a few dollars. And you're like, I just gave you a few dollars. Why do you need more money? So needy people, those, those are those people that right when you see them, you're like, oh, my gosh, here we go again, right? We all know that one person that every time we see them, we just, we're just like, oh, my gosh, what are they about to do now? And then when we leave them, we're just drained, right? We're talking about relation, relational vampires, right? So the question we've been asking throughout the series is how do we love the people who suck the life out of us, right? Relational vampires, vampires suck your blood. These people drain you, right? Critical people, controlling people, needy people, they drain you, right? So the question we're going to be asked tonight is how do we love needy people? How do we love needy people? people. Now, we all know someone that's needy, right? A person that kind of clings to you, and they, they always want your attention. They always want your time. They always want something from you. And the truth is, a lot of these people, you know, we actually do like them. You know, we, we care about them. We do love them. And so the real issue is, how do we help them without, you know, hurting them, without uh, us being drained, right? And so we're going to answer that question tonight, right? How do you love needy so the first thing you do is that when you give, give strategically. When you give, give strategically. When we give to needy people, we usually give emotionally, right? You have, we all have that one friend, all, all my guys out here, you know, you, you, all, you all have that one uh, female friend that you kind of like low-key, but she always comes to you talking about another guy, right? Y'all know what I'm talking about. When you're in the friend zone, right? And then, and then, but she's always coming to you about another guy, right? And you help her, you're like, yo, you need a guy that's gonna treat you right, da da da. And then, and then she's like, she hits you with that, man, why can't I find a guy like you, right? And then you're like, then you're like, but I, I am me, you know? But that girl's being needy, right? Or, or same thing, could be a guy, I don't know. Could be the same thing. But that person always comes to you for the same thing, and we feel bad, right? We feel bad. And we're like, I want to help. And so we just give in. Instead of telling that girl the truth, like, stop dating these guys. What is wrong with you? Maybe being a little, not being that harsh. But instead of, you know, actually figuring out what does this girl need, like, maybe she needs to be working on herself or a guy. Maybe he needs to be working on himself instead of trying to chase the opposite sex. We're just like, oh, it's okay. It'll be better next time or something like that. We give in emotionally, right? So, like I said, or like you guys saw in the video, I got married like two weeks ago, right? So, I was kind of blinged out, you know what I'm saying? I had like a whole bunch of rings, I had a tie clip, I had cufflinks, but I left my tie clip with the tux and the cufflinks. So, we had to go back to the mall to get this stuff, right? So, we're walking through the mall. On the way back to the car, 
and this lady comes up to me and my wife, all right? Here's, here's when I got my welcome to married life, all right? She comes up, she goes, can I have, can, I, can you just help me? I need some money. My wife doesn't say a word. She just goes, looks at me. I'm like, man. So I got to handle this. Okay, cool. So she asked for money. I'm like, what do you need the money for? She goes, oh, sir, my, my kids, she's holding her daughter. She says, I have three other kids in the car. Uh, they just need groceries. Like, can you please give me some money? And so I look at my wife. She just looks at me. I'm like, okay, I got it. So I'm like, so you need groceries. I was like, where, where, you, where do you want to go? We'll go with you. We'll get you some groceries. She's like, no, sir, I just need money. I said, okay, where do you want to go? We'll go with you. We'll get you the groceries. She's like, you know what, sir, forget it. And she just left. I was like, well, you probably didn't need uh, groceries then if I offered to get you groceries and you said, no, you just want the money, right? So in that instance, I wanted to give, but I didn't just give emotionally, right? I, I didn't just be like, you know, this lady come up to me with her daughter saying her kids are hungry. I felt bad. I did. But I didn't just hand her $20 and just leave, right? Because that would have been emotional because I would have felt bad giving the money would have been a quick fix, and it would have made me feel better more than anything else. But I was like, you know what? I'm not just going to give it to her. I'm still willing to give, but if we're getting groceries, I'm coming with you, and we're getting these groceries, right? To make sure that, you know, you know, sometimes people aren't as trustworthy as we'd like. You know, maybe they're using the money for something else. Who knows? But instead of giving emotionally, I gave strategically, right? Instead of giving people what they want, Try asking what they need. Instead of giving people what they want, try asking what they need. And many times we don't want to do that, right? We just want to kind of get it over with. You know, a lot of us encounter people who are less fortunate. They're on the streets. They're looking for, uh, you know, some money. You know, we see them all the time. They're holding a sign up, homeless, I need money. And we feel bad when we see these people, right? We feel bad. And most people's reaction is to give emotionally. There's like, I feel bad, I'm gonna make myself feel better by giving this few dollars or how whatever change. But is that what that person actually needs? Are we actually giving them a strategy to get out of that situation or are we just making ourselves feel better? There's a perfect example of this in the Bible of how to do it the right way. So in Acts 3, it says, Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man, lame from birth, was being carried in. Each day, he was put, aside, he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going in to the temple. So recap real quick. This man was lame from birth. I'm not saying like he was boring or he was a loser. That's not what it means. Being lame means you can't, he couldn't walk. All right, so he was crippled. So his whole life, he had to rely on other people, all right? People brought him to this gate every day to beg for money, all right? And he keeps going back, so these people are clearly giving him money, right? They walk by, they see him, oh, man, that's, his, that's the same guy that can't walk. He's asking for money. I feel bad. I'm going to give him money. I feel better. But then the next day, it's the same thing. Walk by the same guy. He's asking for money. I feel bad again. I'm just going to give him money. Right? People are giving to him emotionally. That's what we know. Can we go to that next slide? So he wants money, and it's easy to give money, right? 
emotional giving is easy because it's quick, it's simple. And so let's see what Peter and John do. Let's go to the next verse, verse 3. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. So he sees people, he does what he always does. He asks for money. So in verse 4 it says, Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. Now, this guy has been coming to this gate for who knows how long, probably years, right? I'm pretty sure no one ever said this to him, right? He asked for money, people just gave him money. He asked Peter and John for money, they're like, we don't actually have any money, but you know what, come here, you're, you're going to walk. So I can imagine this guy's probably like weirded out, like, walk, what do you mean walk? Like, I haven't walked my whole life. So in this moment, Peter and John, they could have been like, oh, we don't got any money, we're done. Keep walking, right? Or they could have just gave him a few uh, denarii or whatever the coins were called <laughs> and been done with it. But they stopped. They had a moment with the guy that said, hey, look at me. I don't have any money, but we're going we're gonna to get you good. We're going to pick you up. We're gonna, you're going to walk. Right? So Peter responded um, spiritually and strategically and not emotionally. Right? He didn't respond emotionally. He didn't give him what he wanted or what he was asking for, but he gave him what he needed. In verse 7, it says, Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. See, in this moment, Peter gave this man a hand up instead of giving him a hand out. Right, because all these people were giving him handouts. They were giving him a few coins, giving him some money, and Peter and John were the only ones that gave him a hand up. Right, so now he can walk, something he hasn't been able to do his whole life. So now he he doesn't have to rely on other people anymore. Even looking at the story of my, my encounter with that lady in the mall, I could have easily just given her a few dollars. And I'm sure someone else did that day. But it takes way more effort to give someone a hand up instead of a hand out. Right? Who's ever given money to someone, right, that they've seen on the streets or whatever? How many people have seen that same person on the street a different, a different time? Right? It's much harder to stop and be like, hey, like, what do you need? How can I help you? Do you need help? Do you need, you know, how can we help you get a job? It's much harder to give a hand up than it is to give a hand out. So instead of giving them what they want, offer them what they need. How do we love needy people? By giving strategically and not emotionally. Now the next thing you do is you give or you serve wisely. Serve wisely. Every time I read the Bible, and I see Jesus performing all these miracles. You know, there's a few times where it says, you know, Jesus was tired, and then another crowd of people came. And it says that he had compassion, and he healed all of them. And I'm always blown away by that, because it's these, needies pe these needy people, right? They don't want to give Jesus anything. They want something from him, right? I imagine if I'm walking down the street, 
you know, and this crowd of people just comes towards me like they want something. I'm like, bro, get out of my face. Like, I just want to be alone. Like, leave me alone. So how did Jesus do it? In Mark 135, it says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. That's how he did it. He made sure he was full. He made sure that he was having his quiet time with God. Right? Jesus did this because if he didn't, I imagine it would be way harder to be able to have compassion. Right? Because his tank would be on empty. He wouldn't be able to give anything because there'd be nothing in him. And that's the same thing with us. Who's ever been on a plane before? Right? When they're doing the little, uh, when they're about to take off, the little flight attendant comes up and they're like, if the cabin loses air pressure, the airbags will pop down. Put yours on first before you help anyone else. The reason why they say that, can we go to that? The reason why they say that is because if you're not taking care of yourself, you're not going to be able to help anyone else. If you're over here gasping for breath, you're trying to put someone else's mask on, and you just pass out. You can't help anyone if you're not full, right? Because what are you giving them? If you're not full of the word, or if you're not having your time with God, what are you giving that person? If you're not taking care of yourself, you won't be able to help others. You can't say yes often if you don't say no occasionally. Like, you can't do it all. You can't just help every person that comes to you. You got to be like, hey, I've helped you like five times. You need to <laughs> try something else. Right? Or if you're serving and or someone keeps asking you to serve, you know, it's okay to be like, hey, I got to take care of myself. I got to refuel. I got to get filled again. So how do we love needy people? By one, giving strategically, not emotionally. And two, by serving wisely, right? Knowing that you need to take care of yourself so that you can help others. And finally, the third way we love needy people is we trust completely. Trust completely. We have to trust the consequences to God. What does that mean? You see, when you give strategically, when you serve wisely, people aren't going to like it. Right? That lady, she was asking me for money. I said, if you need it for groceries, let's go, just go get the groceries. She didn't like that. She's like, well, just give me the money. I was like, well, let's go get the groceries. She's like, okay, we'll get out of here. And that's what's going to happen. When we talk to our friends, our family, we're going to be like, all right, what do you actually need? We try to serve wisely, give strategically. Most people aren't going to like that. But we have to trust the consequences to God. You see, when we give emotionally, we may be interfering with God's plan. Because when we do that, then people's behavior don't have any consequences, right? We, who has that one friend that's always getting in trouble? Some of you guys are that friend, maybe. And usually, you know, you, you, can't, you know not to go along with that friend, but sometimes that friend brings you in on it anyway, right? They get in trouble, and then they tell their parents, oh, no, I was at Connor's house last night. And you're, now you're into it, right? And sometimes... We cover for that friend, right? Because we're like, well, we can't snitch, right? We're not supposed to snitch. No snitching, right? And we cover for that friend. But what if we interfered with God's plan by doing that? 
What if that person never faces the consequences that they're supposed to face because people are always covering for them, right? They're doing all these bad things, and then you as their friend is being like, oh, no, he didn't do that. He was with me. And those consequences that they would have faced that would have turned them back onto the right path never happen. Something like this happens in the Bible, right? Who knows the story of the prodigal son? All right, some of you guys. Well, pretty much the story happens. There's two sons. The younger son wants his inheritance. He, asks, he gets it from his dad. He leaves the house. He loses all his money. Ends up in a pig pen trying to eat the pig's food. And he's like, you know what? I should go home because my dad wasn't that bad. So I'm going to go back. But the whole time that he was out blowing his inheritance, the dad didn't chase after him. The dad didn't run after him and be like, son, what are you doing? You're, gonna, you're not doing this right. Because the father knew that rescuing isn't always helping. Rescuing isn't always helping. And I'm sure like any good parent or any good friend, you know, you see someone struggling, you want to help. But he knew that the son had to face those consequences himself. Right? He had to come to that conclusion. In verse 17, it says, When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? Right? It doesn't say when his dad told him, you need to stop, he came to his senses. It says when he came to his senses. His dad knew that rescuing him wouldn't change anything. And it may sound cruel, but many of us have friends, have people in our lives that we constantly rescue. We constantly rescue. And situation after situation happens. And the cycle keeps repeating itself. Maybe we need to let those consequences happen to them so that they can learn that they can come to their senses and they can have their own moment. See, it's tough loving needy people. But we need to do it to the best of our abilities because there will come a time when we're that needy person, right? When we need people to help us, when we need people to give strategically to us, to serve us wisely, and to let us face consequences. So although it's it's hard, we're still called to love needy people. But when you do, remember, you need to give spiritually and strategically. Ask the Holy Spirit, what does this person need? Am I actually helping this person or am I just helping myself? Am I just making myself feel better? Serve wisely. Take care of yourself. Don't just help every person and never pour into yourself. You got to make sure you're taking care of yourself. And lastly, trust completely. Right? Trust the consequences to God. When you give strategically, when you serve wisely, trust that God has it. Right? It doesn't depend on you. Like, you're not the end-all, be-all. Like, if you don't help this person, they're not going to get helped. It doesn't rely on you. 